0: Hi, I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories, coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas, with another installment of Throwback Thursday. Mesangiolysis. Maybe we should look at what's not there. Mesangiolysis can be defined as a dissolution or attenuation of the mesangial matrix with degeneration of the mesangial cells. The mesangial matrix swells, loosens, and dissolves, although lesser changes such as edema or vacuolization may be more apparent. Mesangiolysis can occur in many renal disorders. The idea of mesangiolysis was first suggested by Japanese investigators in 1954, Fukimoto postulated that inflammation of the glomerulus in misugi nephritis, a model of anti-GBM disease, and other glomerulonephritis was often preceded by tissue damage, disillusion, and called it histolysis. Yajima, in 1956, suggested that lysis primarily affected the mesangium and was the first, I think, to use the term mesangiolysis, That was in subacute bacterial endocarditis. However, it should be noted that some of the features of mesangiolysis, including the formation of blood cysts, that is, blood in markedly dilated glomerular capillaries, were first reported in the first two decades of the 1900s by Pierce, who noted glomerular blood cysts in experiments on the hemorrhagic properties of rattlesnake venom, Suzuki showed similar changes with the venom of habu snakes, which are indigenous to southern Japan, also noting glomerular blood cysts. Conrad pirani noted similar changes after snake bite in humans. Kitamura, in 1948, realized that the initial process of these blood cyst formations were secondary to mesangial injury and mesangiolysis. This was later confirmed by EM studies as well as other experimental studies. Many sequential experiments have shown that the huge aneurysms, blood cysts, would eventually be occupied by migrating cells, mesangial cells or inflammatory cells, with sclerosing mesangial lesions eventuating. Dr. Jeffrey Barnes and others have shown that platelet-derived growth factor as well as TGF-beta, are involved in the progression of this lesion. It is my impression that we renal pathologists are so accustomed to studying what is there in the renal biopsy that we might sometimes miss identifying what is not there. Is that an oxymoron? We may miss mesangiolysis. I suspect that I have done that or not done that many times. Thus, one should carefully study the Jones stain for non-agyrophilia, lack of mesangial staining by way of the silver stain, excluding of course immune or fibrillary deposits, and the accompanying merging, conjoining or coalescence of the glomerular capillaries with ectasia, secondary to loss of the intervening mesangial regions and matrix. As noted before, mesangiolysis can be seen in a variety of renal conditions, including thrombotic microangiopathies where it is most diffuse, global, impressive, and is one of the most important glomerular lesions in TMA. However, it has been noted in cases of acute proliferative glomerulonephritis and even in diabetic glomerulopathy, which some investigators have suggested is really an atypical case of TMA with this mesangiolysis. And to complicate matters, when advanced and chronic, TMA may appear as a lobular, nodular, MPGN like pattern. If one has a biopsy showing an MPGN like pattern and the IF is negative, even with unmasking with pronase digestion, then one is sort of left, often with the diagnosis of exclusion and a diagnosis of a chronic TMA. I don't know if that's right or not. Marita and Churg, who in 1983 really first brought to major attention the process to the English-speaking community, or at least mine, in their editorial review for Kidney International, they suggested that there are at least three types of mesangiolysis. Number one, formation of the glomerular cysts and subsequent cellular proliferation resembling a glomerular nephritis. Number two, associated with extensive widening of the glomerular subendothelial space thought to follow endothelial injury. And three, with lamelated mesangial nodules believed to result from relatively mild but persistent recurrent localized mesangial and possibly endothelial damage with lysis of the mesangial anchor points. These patterns may be sequential with different stages, or a TMA may show some, but not all of these classic changes. The microaneurysms often seen around regions of mesangial lysis or even more chronic mesangial nodules, as in Chemistil-Wilson nodules in diabetes, is thought by Critz et al., Churg et al., and many Japanese nephropathologists to be a consequence of the loss of the attachments, anchors, of the glomerular capillary walls to the mesangial regions. And Bloodworth et al. even suggested that coagulation in the ectatic glomerular capillaries was responsible for the mesangial nodule formation as noted in his diabetic dogs. So, always look for what is not there. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanealabs.com.